Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. You look forward to each new day and wonder what God has in store for you. And the good is good, and even the bad is good, because when bad happens, then it gives you a chance to deal with it, this time with patience and with calmness and with faith, and thereby you express your allegiance to your Creator. Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is A Moment at a Time. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hi everyone, this is Roland. And today, I'm doing what I always do. I turn the microphone on, and I start talking. And that's the best way for me. You see, a bird has to fly. A beaver has to build a dam. And I have to talk. And when I talk, what do I say? I say that the problem that we have is an identity problem. You don't know who you are. And a lot of young people... They're searching for somebody to be like. And if you do know who you are, if you look very carefully, you'll see that what you are is an extension of or even a replica of someone in your life who you worshipped or who you hated, who you admired or who you despised, who made an impression upon you. and. They got inside of you, and you became like them. Now, you became like them, and what was in them, it was more than you bargained for. In other words, let's say that you became like somebody that you really admired. They were so successful, so intelligent, so sophisticated, so smart, so popular whatever it was, and you worshipped them and admired them and imitated them, and maybe you became like them. But then you make the awful discovery that there was also something in them that was driving them, and that in them turns up in you. And It's not only a process of worshiping and admiring wanting to be like. The mere coming together of two people who are malleable, who lack the stabilizing influence of God in their life, the coming together of these people, they start to become like each other. Or a kid who resents his mom, and he starts to become like his mom. Her nature gets into him, and he becomes like she is. You see what I mean? Now, she may compensate on the outside and be syrupy sweet and extra nice to make up for what's in her. But when you become like her, what is in her gets into you. See? And it happens in any yielding process. If there's 
someone who is bossy, someone who is pushy, see, whether it's a teacher or parent or a bully on the school ground or whatever, when you interact with them and you resent them, it gets into you. But also when you yield to them, when you yield, see, how many people, they go through life yielding, giving in, going along, wanting to be popular, not wanting to rock the boat, not wanting to confront the other person and have their, their weaknesses exposed. And they just yield and they go along. The other person is pushy and they, they learn that they get their way by being pushy, being, by being obnoxious, by being unreasonable. And so they're unreasonable. And instead of countering their unreasonableness with patience, patient correction, and with reason, you give in, see. But in that giving in, in that yielding process, something of them comes into you, and whatever comes into you from them is not good. In fact, you could become just like them. One day you're the bossy person, or you compensate and act extra nice and extra sweet and extra gentle and so on, but it is still in you anyway. Secretly, you're like them on the inside. Do you understand? So I think I've said enough. We have an identity problem. This is Jeremiah Trujillo, the producer of Shedding Shackles. Shedding Shackles has been around for 34 years and for many years was produced from a home office in Redding, California, and I was already the audio engineer. I remember back then working with the music clips, and we had many wonderful music selections, although they were played by other artists and not by me at the time. And our mission has always been helping you come closer to God, by getting right with conscience and avoiding resenting other people. We have an identity problem. And you see kids and young people out there, they're desperately looking for someone to identify with. But the problem is, they end up identifying with a gang member, some musician, some rock star, some rap star, some sports star, some entertainment star, you see what I mean? Or some bossy teacher or some coach, see? And even let's suppose that the, that the person they're identifying with is not a bad person. But the very process of not knowing who you are and hunting and pecking out in the world for little bits of identity. But you see, be, when you become this malleableness, this um, like being a, a, a sieve that things come through, like being a vacuum, there's an emptiness inside, there's a vacuum to be filled up then not only are we talking about the identity of people and so on, 
but also ideas, notions, opinions. These things get inside of you. And then pretty soon you become composed of what you have absorbed from the outside. And one day you look at yourself and you see that you're nothing but a giant jigsaw puzzle put together of pieces from the outside. And you don't know who you are. And everything you do is an imitation of somebody else or a rebellion against somebody else. Or a, a, a repetition of what you heard or what somebody said or what you studied in school, what you memorized or a rebellion against what was put pressured upon you. See what I mean? So your identity is out in the world. And it's either just a hodgepodge of this is and that's, or it's out and out identification with someone, often someone who is very seductive, someone who is very ambitious, someone who even is evil. That's right. So you see people in the world identifying with some terrible, terrible person, and you can see that that person is terrible, some terrible leader, for example, and yet you have all these followers identifying and wanting to be like that person. So it's an identity problem. So where should your identity come from? Well, when you're born, you do inherit a kind of a startup identity that you get from your, from your parents and from your grandma and grandpa and great-great-great-grandpa all the way back to Adam and Eve. So you get that. So you have a human identity, something of your parents and their ancestors, and then you are born into some kind of a culture. And so you pick up a little bit of that. And you're born with this malleable nature. So what is the bottom line of all of this? Let me get to the bottom line. You should be identified with your creator. That you look to him for everything. You rely upon him. You worship him. You respect him. You love him. See? And by doing so, by loving truth, by loving what's right, by loving what you know in your heart is right, he can change you. He can mold you into what he had in mind for you. I was listening to the radio the other day, and it was some guy who had been a what was he? He was like the chaplain of some major Christian university, and he just wrote a book. But he was saying that a lot of people, especially young people, they ask the question, what does God want for me in my life? What does he want for me in my life? What is the purpose of my existence? Well, the purpose of your existence is to live... In it says it beautifully, doesn't it, in the, um, oh, what is it? It's the, it's the catechism. I can't think of it, the name of it, but it's like, it's something like we were made to know God and to enjoy him or something like that. It's just beautiful. 
So yeah, that's what you were made for. But what he wants from you is for every moment of your life to delicately always have conscience, what you know in your heart, in the background so that you're aware of it. And you go through life, you do your work, you're a mom, you're a dad, you're a student, you're whatever you are, and you do your duties and you have recreation and you have sports and you do everything that you do, but always with you like a delicate strain of music accompanying you is a looking for the rightness of things. And sometimes you're not sure you take a step and you check with your intuition what you wordlessly know in your heart. See, that's how God communicates with you, what you know in your heart. He gives animals instinct. He gives humans intuition. See? And if your conscience doesn't hold you back, and you take another step and another step, and you live, it's like a symphony plays one note at a time. The beautiful symphony is done one note at a time. You live one step at a time, a moment at a time. You see what I mean? And at the end of those moments, you know, you look back and say, wow, how did I get here? And how did all this come to pass? And it's beautiful, and you don't have to feel guilty about it because it wasn't something you ambitiously planned on your own, but it was something that came to be. There was an unseen hand, the unseen hand of God behind it. It's beautiful. And then you become what he wanted to be. He makes the rose into a rose. He makes the lily into a lily. And you will become what he wanted you to be by living that one moment at a time, always with conscience as your guide. As we're near the end of our time together, I invite you to visit the many resources available at our website, SheddingShackles.com, SheddingShackles.net, or SheddingShackles.us. You can listen to past programs, read more about Roland's meditation, or watch Roland's video lectures. Listen in again next week on the same time and the same station. Thanks for listening. Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. Welcome back. I wanted to put a couple of more little finishing touches on what I began talking about earlier, and that was that to find your true identity, it must come from God. He gives you your true identity, but you have to find it. See, it's beautiful. It's like you work together, sort of, as a matter of speaking. He has something wonderful in store for you, and you have to find it. And the way you find it is to seek it. And the way to seek it is to yearn to know the purpose for your existence, but at the same time, living each moment properly. And let's say that you mess up. Let's say that you're a parent. 
Your child comes to you with something and you're impatient. All right. Why were you impatient? It's because something was had gotten into you. Do you understand that this impatience is not really you? It came from someone, it got into you, and now it expresses itself, and you have conflict over it. See, now if you, if you drink and smoke and take drugs and stay busy and surf the internet all the time and keep yourself also busy with everything, maybe you won't notice it. But if you become a little bit still, and here's your little child, and you're impatient, if you have any awareness at all, you're going to see it, see your impatience, and you're going to have conflict over it. And the conflict is proof positive that there's something wrong with it and that it's not you. But it got into you in those moments of unawareness, in those moments of emotion, in those moments of weakness. It got into you from out there. See? So now you can have compassion on your mom and your dad and all the other people who you hated when you were a child, when they were impatient or what have you. You see that something got into them. And they couldn't stop themselves any more than you can. But now it can be different. Now you can become aware of it and look at it. Stand back and watch it. And realize that you don't like that. You don't want to be impatient. You were impatient. You don't want to be and you don't know how to stop yourself, and you can't change yourself. And that helpless attitude, and yet wanting to do right, but realizing you can't make yourself right, is actually a cry to your Creator. Then He can change you. You see? So what I was saying is that we want, we want to do what's right for each moment. Now, if you had never been corrupted, if you had never been changed if you had never been traumatized, if you had never gotten angry, if you'd never been emotional, if you had never wanted something too much, if other people hadn't tempted you to resent them and so on and so forth, then you wouldn't have any of that in you. But it is in you. So now, there it is. You see it. I'm using impatience as an example. You see it. You don't like it. You watch it. And you could also fix things a little bit by saying to your child, I'm sorry, I was impatient. That was wrong. I apologize. And see how you clear the air that way? Because now, see, you are siding with conscience. You are agreeing with your conscience what you know in your heart. You're testifying to, your, to what you know is right in your heart. And your child, they see your impatience, and they know that it's wrong. Now you're agreeing with what they know in their heart and what you know in your heart. So you're testifying to the truth and you're validating what they know in their heart. So a lot of good things come from it, but not only that, but now you're being disobedient to what is wrong and obedient to what is right. Obedient to what you know in your heart. And that's God's way. And now he can change you. You go about your life, and one day you, a, a situation comes up like the one where you had been impatient, and now all of a sudden you notice that you're not impatient. How is it possible? It's God's wonderful working. It's the unseen hand of God. When you live life like that, 
soon the wrong things will be taken away from inside of you. And all that will remain will be good. And then you look forward to each new day and wonder what God has in store for you. And the good is good, and even the bad is good, because when bad happens, then it gives you a chance to deal with it, this time with patience and with calmness and with faith, and thereby you express your allegiance to your Creator. And your allegiance to Him will result in His changing you, and then you will become what He intended you to be. question came in from California. A listener wants to know how God views taking risks. Does God prefer people that take risks in order to innovate or produce new products? Or does he like more the people that stay with the tried and true, stay with things that have worked well in the past? One thing I know for sure, and that is, you got to trust your intuition. You've got to follow your intuition. Look at Moses. He could have been the Pharaoh. He gave it all up and went off to be in the desert for 40 years as a sheep herder. Christopher Columbus sailed. Everybody thought that he would drop off the end of the world somehow, but he sailed. Albert Einstein, he knew that light would bend. He predicted that light would bend. When it passes by a large object like a planet. And everybody thought, no, no way, but he just knew it was true. And finally, when it was proved, he wasn't a bit surprised because he just somehow knew that it was true. Stephen Jobs, look what he did. He founded Apple Computer. And what did he talk about all the time? Intuition, following your intuition. How about. Um, Dr. James Dobson. Everybody knows Dr. James Dobson. He's one of my heroes. He's been advocating for children for many, many decades. And how did he get started? He gave up a lucrative professorship. I think it was at USC, Southern Cal. He gave up a lucrative professorship because he saw that he was away from his family too much. And then he started his radio program. He had a little microphone in the closet and made a recording, and that's how it started. And then how many, how many people, like, uh, take F.W. Woolworth, for example. Most of you don't know who he was, but when you see Target stores, for example, and the Dollar Tree, the 99-cent store, Kmart, stores like that. He's the one that started it, F.W. Woolworth. And you know what? He failed many times. He failed and failed and failed, but he kept trying and he became a great success. So 
America was built on people to look at the pioneers. They left the comfortable East Coast and headed west in wagon trains to face danger. And they followed a quest, and somehow it was it was right. All right, so, yeah, so there's danger. How about the fire department people? How about the police? They face danger all the time. How about the uh, person who climbs the poles to fix the high-voltage the high wires? He faces danger all the time. Sure, how about the nurses and the doctors? See, they all face danger. So, look, follow your intuition, whatever it is, and you'll become whatever God intended for you to be. A mom, a dad, an accountant, a musician, a doctor, a plumber. In general, you're better off starting your own business because then you have freedom. See, and it takes a little bit of courage. A little bit of courage because a lot of people say, no, 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 don't do that. But you got to take that step. And if you fail, then you pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and start again. You take your licks and start again. It says in the Old Testament, cast your bread upon the water. So, yeah, there's got to be that first step you got to take yourself. And God kind of likes courage. He kind of remembered David. David had a lot of guts. He dared to face Goliath. Nobody else dared face Goliath. He did. He had guts. God likes that sort of thing. Somebody who stands up for what's right and tells the truth, and everybody else looks at him like, oh my God, how can you say that? But he stands up and tells the truth, and God seems to like that sort of thing. And if you have the guts to take that first step, then he helps you. As long as you're following your intuition. And then some people say, how do I know what God's will is for my life? Just follow your intuition, your conscience. Your conscience is always there. Even when you were a little child, when you did something wrong, you knew when you got angry at your mommy, you knew it was wrong. You felt, you felt bad. Well, that's, that's intuition. That's conscience. So conscience is intuition when it's twenty twenty hindsight. But when you follow your intuition, it's present sight, and it leads you to safety and success. And it's also called vision. So follow your intuition, then God will help you. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is SheddingShackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you. Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.